traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Hello, equestrians. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Sunshine Meadows in Delray Beach, Florida. Time for another week of interesting uh, horse facts and stories that we're going to tell you. And what I'm excited about today, and actually it's going to be tomorrow, is that uh, the 2024 Kentucky Derby How They Get There program starts today. Uh, we have our first race coming uh, to you live from Churchill Downs on, on Saturday. It's the Air Quarry Stakes. It's for two-year-olds. Uh, two and it's the first race for the Derby Point system. Uh, the horse that wins uh, this race will put his mark down, headed for the Kentucky Derby. And uh, it's, um, it's really interesting to see how, uh, you know, this business goes. Uh, what I, I like about it is, you know, it's, it's a dream. Uh, it's a goal. Uh, it's something that um, takes a long time to get to. You just don't buy a horse and go to the Derby. And that, that's what's uh, so interesting about the Kentucky Derby. It's, uh, it's tradition. Uh, tradition is uh, something that every family has, no matter how young or how, how old you are. Um, you know, it's uh, how you uh, look towards the Derby. All, all the horsemen look towards the Derby. Uh, for most horsemen, it's just a dream. You know, it's something that uh, they'd like to do someday. They might not ever get there. Uh, you know, uh, it, you just never can tell, you know, how they get there. Uh, until you listen to our program, how they get there, the 2024 Kentucky Derby. And it takes a lot of planning, a lot of scheduling. Um, and once you get that planning and scheduling set up, and start selecting the races you would like to run in. And, you know, you got your trainer, you got your horse, you got your jockey. Um, you know, you, you kind of get on, on, on that journey, you know, to Churchill Downs. And it, it's great. It's a great feeling to have that, um, uh, derby fever, as they call it. Um, it, it's, it's great to have that feeling. You wake up every day in, in anticipation of, of your horse running and training good on the track that day, um, you know, no setbacks, uh, you know, good, healthy horse, you know, going and, and you start thinking about the derby and, and what to do and, you know, how to do it. And once you get that program set up, that, that calendar penciled in of where you're going to run your horse, uh, uh, once you get all, all the things set up, and then you can really start enjoying it because there's a lot of traditions that um, that you can follow and be a part of. And even if you don't have a horse going for the derby, it's still good to have this next seven or eight months of traditions to look forward to because it gives you something, you know, to do and exciting to do. And you can do that with your friends, family, you know, and just about everybody that's around you on that. And, I, and I'll give you one good example is – um, how they get there, it's going to go through every step of the way to the first Saturday in May. And we're going to follow all the, all the uh, Derby Point races uh, right on up to, to the Derby till we know who's in, in, in the 20 field uh, for the Kentucky Derby. And what I like to do is I like to think about the races. Um, it's kind of like a, a, a mini-series for the Derby. Now, like right now, being here in South Florida, we're looking towards the Florida Florida Derby, which is in March, and we're looking forward to the Tampa Bay Derby. So, you know, we've got goals every weekend, you know, to see if we've got a horse that's going to get to either one of those uh, races. And then they've got races that lead up to the Florida Derby, like the Fountain of Youth and, and the Swale Stakes and, you know, other stake races, and same thing at Tampa. And, and every racetrack has a signature race, like in Hot, you know, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, it's the Arkansas Derby, and they got three or four races that lead up to the Arkansas Derby. And same thing down at the fairgrounds when you have the Louisiana Derby, you got three or four races that lead up to that. 
and then um, same thing in New York. You got races that lead, you know, lead up to their uh, to their big races. Same thing, California. You know, just about everywhere. You know that they do this. And, and what I like is is the tradition uh, that, that's going on. Uh, you know, do you wear the same hat to each race? Uh, you know, do you eat the same uh, uh, race day breakfast? Uh, you know, there's so many little things that you can make a part of the tradition of, of the Kentucky Derby or just racing in itself. And that, that makes life a little more fun, you know, something to look forward to. Um, you know, it's, re- it's really a good thing. And, and one of the things that... Um, uh, you know, speaking about tradition of the Derby and the Preakness and the Belmont and all, all the racing I- entities that they have there, there's a new program that's going to be coming on. It's called, uh, the name of the program is called um, Triple Crown Traditions. Triple Crown Traditions. And it follows horses from the Kentucky Derby to the Preakness to the Belmont, which, you know, makes up the Triple Crown. And what I like about this show is it's a food show. It's going to be a food show. And it's going to be really interesting. And what we'll name next week who, who the people that are involved in it. But for example, uh, the Triple Crown Traditions are going to follow the traditions of all the foods and the things that they do on their day. Kentucky Derby Day, we're going to follow uh, people that do barbecue and Kentucky Burgoo and the mint julep. And that's traditional for the Kentucky Derby. Whether you're young or old, horseman or non-horseman, everybody on Derby Day has their own own uh, following, you know, what they do on there. And then in Maryland, it's going to be crab cakes and seafood uh, for their tradition. And and in Belmont, it's going to be a, a lasagna and Italian theme uh, type of a thing. And what's going to, uh, how the show's set up is it's going to have a, a, an owner at Churchill Downs, a trainer, and a jockey from Churchill Downs. We're going to compete in a food cook-off. They're going to compete with their favorite family tradition or traditional, uh, you know, food that they have on, on Derby Day. And so it's an owner, trainer, and a jockey. And we'll do the same thing at the Preakness and the same thing at the Belmont. And then the winner from each track, uh, it could be uh, an owner, a trainer, or a jockey, but each winner from each track will meet at the Breeders' Cup in Del Mar in 2024. And at the Breeders' Cup in 2024, that will signify the national uh, chef uh, winner of the Triple Crown Traditions uh, cook-off. And that's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how that is. Uh, because it's not going to be a certain food. It's going to be their family tradition. It's going to have a story behind their family food tradition. And that's what makes this interesting is, you know, we might have a trainer or an owner in there or a jockey in there that for the last 20 years have been, you know, um, uh, doing barbecue, making Kentucky burger and mint juleps. Or it could be, you know, crab cakes and seafood, or it could be Italian, you know, from Belmont. And that's what's going to make this thing interesting. It's all about tradition. And I got to thinking about about this, you know, over the last few months and uh, to see, you know, how that's going to be. And we're going to have a, a well-named chef um, that's uh, currently on television that will be involved with, uh, with the production of this. And we'll have most of that all set up in times and, and uh, networks that we can uh, have it on next week. Um, so that, that's going to be really interesting. And so when I started thinking about, like, the Triple Crown traditions in in this project, I got to thinking about the horse industry as a whole. And it's all about tradition. It's not like a a banker's job where you go to work 9 to 5 or an insurance job or any job that, you know, is like 9 to 5. It's about tradition. Um, It's about uh, your racing silks, the colors, the design. It's about uh, your farm, your logo. It's about what you do on your farm, uh, the things that, uh, you know, that you share with the public and, and what you're trying to do. Um, you know, and it's all about tradition. And once you get a tradition going on anything you do in life, then you can get fine, start fine-tuning it. You know, like um, on Derby Day, 
what, what we do, what I do, is on derby day, uh, we're up and, and we're at the barn at 5, 5.30 in the morning. And we're going through our regular day. It's going to be a long day. And uh, we have uh, have a little breakfast there at the barn. Then when training's over, uh, we take a little break and you go out for lunch and you go home and, and you, you change clothes and take a shower and you come back for the races. You know, you do that. Uh, that's what you do. And then after the races is over, you're either it's either uh, you know joy or sorrow. Uh, you know, but the experience that you have can never be taken away from you, uh, and because the memories you make will last longer than anything. And I'm telling you, you go ask a, you go ask a dozen people now who won the Derby last year. They're not going to be able to tell you, but they're going to be able to tell you about the food that they ate, the things they they did, the people they saw. And that, that's the great thing about, you know, tradition. Uh, when you do it, win, lose, or draw, the tradition and memories are there and they can never be taken away from you, you know. And so the Triple Crown traditions, I think it's going to be a, a real hit. Um, you know, the, you're going to have the uh, winners with their best recipe at uh, the Breeders' uh, Cup, you know, in uh, November at Del Mar. You're going to have, have the people uh, bringing everything there. And then the thing that we're going to do uh, special is we got the wow factor. And so when we get to the final of each place, of the, uh, you know, Churchill, uh, Pimlico, and Belmont, and, and the Breeders' Cup, we're going to have the wow factor. And there can be a lot of uh, these recipes and a lot of these uh, uh, things that could be close in competition. The judges might say, well, you know, this one's good. If it had been a little more salt, it would have won. If this one had a little less salt, it would have won. And if this one had, you know, um, a sprinkle or two of this or that, you know, they would have won. So what we're going to do in order to bust that uh, possibility of a tie, we're going to have the wild factor. And the wild factor is going to be that chef's own dessert. Whether it's, um, you know, it could be something their grandmother gave them. It could be something that they just did themselves. Uh, you know, that's the wow factor. That's going to be the one that can really push the, you know, the possibility of the winner uh, across the finish line there. And so, you know, the whole point of this, what, what I'm doing with this, is it's about tradition. The tradition uh, of, of the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, the Breeders' Cup. And, and it starts this weekend. And the thing that uh, a lot of people don't realize, and, uh, you know, we're talking about the 1st of May, you know, for the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, that, that's really, a, uh, you know, a long way away, and people are going to forget about it, you know, and, and they won't remind, it, remind them of it until, you know, right at, uh, at that first, um, uh, you know, Saturday in, in May. And we, we had a couple of things in, in that, Again, this goes along with tradition. A lot of the trainers get these two-year-olds at a, you know, right right off the farm real early, and they want to start to run them and, and get them experience, you know, before the Kentucky Derby goes. You know, uh, that's what they're looking for. And so they created a system, a point system for the Kentucky Derby, and and everybody, you know, they, they like it. And so, you know, and, and that starts this weekend. It's the Iroquois Stake, and it's uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, it's at 4.55 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's called the uh, Iroquois Stakes. It's a grade three, and post time's at 4.55. And there's nine horses that will be running in it. And so and what I like about this is, is the fact that we're getting a run, you know, a, a race over the track at Churchill, and it's going to be against stakes competition, and it's going to, you know, really, you know, put them to the test. And it's throwing them, literally throwing them, you know, uh, throwing them in the fire right off the bat. And because they're young horses, they're inexperienced, and, you know, it, it's a tough road for them to go and be learning, you know, like they're doing. And a lot of times you'll see trainers uh, run a, a couple of races uh, beforehand, uh, before the Iroquois. And, and that usually happens in Saratoga. And when you when you run at Saratoga and you've got a nice two year old, and if you can win uh, at Saratoga, 
that sets a precedent for this horse's uh, um, business profile uh, for down the road for breeding or, you know, for sale or what have you. And one of those races, and, and it's not a derby prep race, but it's a prep race for the first derby prep race. It's called the Hopeful Stakes. Um, it's, uh, it was at Saratoga. It was a $300,000 race, uh, for two year olds. They're going, uh, uh, right here. I mean, they're going tough. They're going very, very tough. And, uh, you know, I, I like doing that because it experiences your horse. It gets you to the right things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying, wow. I said, you know, how great is this? You know, to start kind of pre-start the derby. Uh, you know, $300,000 in a bank for you, you know, it's, it's not a bad deal. Um, you know, so, so you go kind of go from there and they had uh, 11 horses in the race. It was a good race in there. Uh, I, I, I was amazed that it, it went as uh, good as it did and as quick as it did. Um, I, I'm telling you, it surprised me the horse that won it. It really did. Because you got all the best bred horses in the world. Here you got the best trainers in the world. And you, you know, you're sitting here looking at it and saying, Oh my God, this is where Derby's going to start at right here. We had the horses from Delaware Park, Alice Park, Saratoga, Del Mar, Saratoga, Saratoga, Alice Park, Saratoga, Saratoga. So all these horses have been tested, you know, prior to this race. And I, I was, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you who, who I thought was the best on it. it. It had a lot of good horses in there. And I think, but the horse that won it was called La Calafella. Paid $111. This horse just come out of nowhere, you know. And again, it goes back to show you, you never can tell what's going to happen in horse racing. And, and, but like I said, this is, this is kind of a prep race for the, for the Iroquois. And, um, so I, I pulled up to, uh, yesterday, uh, I pulled up the, uh, Iroquois state to see who all was going to be in it. And I, I was really to- totally amazed at it. Um, this nut fellow, and, and he's not running in it. You know, he's one of, one of the better horses in the country because of what he did in, in the hopeful stakes. And then all the other little stake races that were pointing towards, you know, the Derby or, you know, this race, uh, they just didn't go. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, holy smokes, what's the deal here? You know, the Iroquois is $300,000 going one mile uh, on the dirt, and they get nine horses. And these are just not, these are nine horses that just, you know, from every, everywhere and anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I was surprised that it, uh, we've got uh, uh, we've got uh, Todd Fletcher, Asmussen, Lucas, Lucas. Uh, we got uh, Brad Cox, Steve Asmussen. Uh, you know, we got we got the best trainers there for it. And that's Saturday. You know, at four fifty-five p.m. Eastern time, and it's going to be all 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 the starting of the whole derby. It's going to be my old Kentucky home and the roses from there on, from here on out. And what I like about it is that this race uh, is over the track at Churchill. And so if they do make it to the Derby, they've already had a a race uh, over the track, and it's a stakes race. So you know that they weren't playing around when they were there. Uh, You know that it it was a good quality test uh, of their their racing ability. So, you know, I, I got to thinking again more about tradition. And I'm looking at all the trainers that, that follow the tradition of going to Saratoga, Del Mar, and Churchill for these prep races. How many have already been there? So on the 16th, we have um, uh, the Iroquois Stakes that we just talked about. And then uh, we go to the Curra, uh in Ireland, Newmarket in England, and Longchamp in France. Uh, for the, on the road to the Derby. Now, none of the American horses will be there. They'll be all European horses. It's a whole different, you know, uh, route to the Derby coming out of Europe and, and Asia also. So the next race that we will have will be October 7th, which is the Champagne Stakes. And, um, that, that's, that's a good race. It's at Aqueduct. Uh, a lot of good horses go there. 
you know, it, it's, uh, it's a good race. And if you win at Aqueduct, then you think about going to the Breeders' Cup, uh, which is in November, the first of November, and, and kind of season your horse up, you know, maybe get him two-year-old of the year, that type of thing. You know, that, that's what you like to do with that. And so, again, it's the road to the Kentucky Derby, how they get there. And it's very complex. Um, you got to do a lot of planning. Uh, you know, you got to do a lot of, um, uh, thinking about, you know, what's the best for my horse. And, and a lot of times you get a trainer or an owner that, that's on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, that's their main goal. But yet on the other hand, you know, if, if they're trying to build up the resume of the horse, you could pick four or five races. Uh, leading into the derby to run in and hopefully you run, run good and win in. But if you, if you're not really ready, set, you know, thinking that you can win the derby, you can go to the Preakness and the Belmont, but it's that resume you're building. What, what did my horse do? Uh, did he win at six furlongs, seven furlongs, a mile, mile and a sixteenth, mile and an eighth, you know, a mile and a quarter. Uh, so you got to build that resume and that's what this road to the derby helps you do. Uh, and I, I really think that this year is going to be a good year because we've got a lot of good horses out there, a lot of good trainers, and it's going to be very competitive because the thing that we have now is we've got volume of horses. And so we've got going to Churchill for the um, Iroquois there. We've got a nine-horse field, and that's pretty good for a field of two-year-olds this time of year you know, to get a nine-horse field. Usually it's not that, that deep and also. Uh, but on how they get there, you got to plan this out because like we're just reading about, the, the Iroquois on the 16th have the European races of Champagne on the 7th of um, October at Aqueduct, and we have the Bre- uh, Breeders of Futurity at Keenan on, also on October 7th. We had the American Pharaoh at Santa Anita on the seventh. And so, you know, you got three major races right there, or four actually, uh, major races there in a two week period. So you're kind of getting a group of horses together that look like they might be able to go on to the Derby. Now, I'm not saying that they're all going to go to the Derby out of these races, but you at least got one horse. It's going to have uh, plenty of points, you know, to start pointing towards the Derby in a serious fashion and, and all with it. So um, you might see these horses down the road. Uh, you might have a horse that runs third or fourth, and, you know, uh, you, there was a reason why he did that, you know, and you could point him to the next, you know, Derby point race. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things. You never say quit, uh, you know, on your horse until your horse tells you, I can't run that far, I can't run that fast, I can't do this or can't do that, and everything. That, that's really important. You've got to be able to listen and, and read your horse. And, and so, um, you know, we, we've done that. Then, then again, October 29th, now this is a Derby Points race. This is, it's called the Street Sense at Churchill Downs. Then on November 3rd at Santa Anita Park, we've got the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So those are, you know, three or four, you know, five races there that you can look forward to trying to get your horses uh, enough points to get to Churchill. And then, then on November 25th, you've got the uh, Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill Downs, um, you know, and then we come back to the Remsen Stakes uh, in December 2nd at Aqueduct, uh, the Los Alamitos Futurity December 9th. Uh, then we have the Springboard Mile from Leamington Park, December 15th, the Gunrunner from the Fairgrounds, at, uh, December 23rd, and the Smarty Jones will start off the year at Oakland Park. But so, so now you can kind of see what a, a trainer and an owner has to go through. You got to start planning these races. Um, and what's, what's really important that you got to re- remind yourself of, let's say you go to the Iroquois and you win. Okay, you say, now what do we do? Now where's our next step? Where's our next logical step? So that would be down the road. Uh, you know, you're looking at um, the 16th of September, and you like to run your horses every four or five, uh, you know, every four or five weeks. So then you start looking at, um, uh, you know, 
maybe let's say uh, the the street sense at Churchill Downs on October 29th. You know that that would be a good race. The Ju- the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Santa Anita on November the third. You know that you're looking at. So you start planning your races out and where do I go and you know how how do they get there? And that's why it's important, like we've been talking about, that you need to get you need to get in there in your mind and get on a big board and get you a big chalkboard and um, you get up there and you start laying out your you know your journey to how you get there and also you know there's so many things that can change so many things that you can do different and one of the things that you know we've been talking about uh, a lot on here is getting everything all organized and so now you can see um, the um the travel possibilities, you know, the different tracks you're going to, and how do you get there? Well, you got to line up your land service. You got to line up your um, uh, airplane service if you decide to fly cross country. Uh, you got to line up your feed. You got to line up your hotels. You got to line up your blacksmiths. You got to line up your veterinarians. You got to line everything. You got to get together as you go. You know, you just can't say Saturday, oh, well, you know. You have to have all this planned before Saturday. And, and let's say you don't run well in the course, you run second, third, or fourth, and fifth, something like that. Then you have to think, well, what's my next race that's coming down, you know, the road? And, and what I suggest is that no matter how you run in the first race, no matter how you run, you still can stay on the road to the Derby. You make your decision just like you would if you won the Iroquois, and you follow on that road. Now, the next race you run, if your horse runs the same way and, you know, is not competitive, then you get off the derby trail. You get off the derby trail for sure, you know, and then you start, you know, uh, thinking about where he could go from there, and there's a lot of good races. You can make a lot of money with a, with a nice three-year-old, and you don't have to run all the big, big races. But so that, that's what an owner and a trainer have to think about. But if you win, that's when it really gets hard because you got to start looking at the races down the road. Uh, you know, the ones that they have in the hot springs and the fairgrounds in New Orleans and New York and California and Florida. You start looking at those. And what you do is you start grouping up horses. Uh, you take the top 10 horses you think that would be competitive for the road to the Kentucky Derby, and you start watching them. You start scouting them and seeing where they're at, where they're training, you know, how they're doing. Uh, you do all those things, you know. And, and, I mean, it gets really deep and intense, uh, you know, when you start doing that because you might have a horse that's really good that just won a, a nice race in New York, uh, a derby prep race in New York, and then you got to figure out where he's going. You don't want to have to run into all these, you know, uh, top-notch horses down the road. You, you want to try to, uh, and I hate to say this, but you want to try to avoid them as much as possible. You don't want to have to be shipping your horse all around the country. You don't want to have to be a lot of stress on the horse. You know, you don't want to be doing that and everything. So that road to the Kentucky Derby gets pretty intense, and it's a daily thing that you have to watch. And, and you watch um all the other horses that are in the derby, what day they work, when they work, how far they work, how many horses they went with, uh, what was the track condition, what was the temperature, who was the exercise rider. you got to put all these things together for the road to the derby because you want the best, the best possible leg up on any of these horses that you can get. And, it, and it's quite intense to, to do that, you know, and especially with the starting this, or this Saturday, you know, with the Iroquois. And then, you know, you start looking at all the different tracks where they have, um, uh, you know, derby prep races. You're looking at Los Alamitos. Uh, you're looking at Aqueduct, the Fairgrounds, Oakland, Santa Anita, Fairgrounds, Oakland, Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Tampa Bay, Fairgrounds, Sunland Park. I mean, those are just one of the many of the 27 races that are going to be held and that offer derby points to get there. And you want to make sure that when you do get into a race with a derby race and with derby points, that you come away with some points out of there. It's, that's very important. Is you want to make sure that you come with some points out of there. 
you don't just want to go there and run for, you know, really run for nothing. You know, which I get a lot of that. I run for nothing. They don't give for nothing trophies, but if they did, I'd have a whole room full of them. That's for sure. And so, you know, that's why it takes a lot of planning, you know, to do it. To go to the Derby tradition, you know, Florida Derby, Arkansas Derby, you know, you just take just take the time it's going to take you to figure out your menu for your barbecues and your food and everything for each race you go to. That's tradition, man. That's tradition when you go to somebody's backyard in Florida. When you go to Florida for the Florida Derby, man, it involves the beach, it involves seafood, it involves good music, tropical drinks, and it involves the Florida Derby, which has a lot of derby points to offer. You know, and it's that way at every track. So, um, uh, we, we were, you know, been talking about this um, uh, point system. Uh, Churchill Down modified the point distribution uh, uh, for points from 24, 2024 Kentucky Derby. And it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, you know, uh, the Road to the Derby, uh, which debuted in 2013, uh, annual awards, uh, a sliding scale of points to the top uh, five finishing positions in uh, selected qualifying races. Uh, at the conclusion of the series, uh, the leaderboard will determine uh, the performance uh, and the performance list uh, for entries into the 20-horse field of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, a mile and a quarter classic for three-year-old thoroughbreds, annually held uh, the first Saturday in May in historic Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. Second place, uh, second place points in qualifying races have been increased to create an added separation from second and third and uh, place finishers. An additional third and fourth place points uh, in races that award 100 points to the winner have been decreased. So what you're saying is, is you're going to have to be more careful about selecting your derby prep race uh, that you go to because, because you know, it's all a point system. Uh, you know, you, you could have the best horse in the world. You know, and you don't run run the right races to get near enough derby points. You know, or you, you don't want to get yourself in a position to where you got to run uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, well, you, you got to run some races that would, might be more difficult than if you could run somewhere else where it was less difficult. And that, that's the whole problem right there. You got to be careful how you how you get your points. Uh, you know, you don't want to be running. Uh, you know, four tracks in a row that have the best horses in the country running at them. When you might be able to go from, well, we'll, we'll say, when you might be able to uh, not go to uh, New York to run and you go to Hot Springs to run because the competition that's running for the Arkansas Derby is not quite up to par yet. And I know a lot of people don't like me to say that about, you know, the Arkansas Derby or, or whatever. But you got to know you got to know your horses, you got to know your trainers, and you got to have a plan, just like you're scouting a football game. You know, you you just got you you just got to do it. You know, and that's going to be the tough part of it. But um, the, the early prep season race into Derby points last year, you got um, you got ten points awarded, uh, four to first, three to second, two to uh, third, and one or yeah, to third and one to fourth. This year, you get five points uh, for winning uh, the race. You get three for second, two for third, and one for fourth. So they increased the um, uh, first place numbers this year to one, uh, to five. So from four to, to five this year. Um, the, that's the early prep season races. Now, the Breeders' Cup, you get uh, last year, you got 30 points uh, offered. You had 12 to win, 9 for 2nd, 6 for 3rd, and 3 for 4th. This year, they increased it uh, uh, to uh, 15 points for 1st, 9 for 2nd, 6 for 3rd, and 3 for 4th. So basically what's happened is they boosted up the the 1st place uh, points uh, that that you would win. And I kind of like that. You know, it, uh, it makes it pretty good. And so um, the early championship series uh, offers, or, well, the late prep season series offer 20 points uh, for, 
uh, up for grabs, 10 to the win, 6 to 2nd, 4 to 3rd, 2 to 4th. So that, that was good. But the early championship series, which is at the later end, about three quarters of the way through, they give you um, 50 points, 25 to win, 15 for second, 10 for third, and uh, five for fourth. And then the late championship series gives you 100 points, 50 for first, 25 for second, 15 for third, and 10 for fourth. And, and what what happened with this? is they had a lot of horses that they got real close at by the end of the season. You know, you were just talking about being two points away, you know, from qualifying. And, uh, and, and the races that they ran, um, you know, it, it made it tough to, you know, to close that gap on them. And so, you know, that's, that's the point system that they're going for. I think it's going to work because what would happen, in, let's say, for example, um, you get up there and you start getting enough points to where you think you're going to be, you, you, you'll qualify for the Derby. That can change your direction a little bit of where you go and how you race. And the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, so what you get a second or a third, you're still getting points, you know, and that's going to keep you right up there at the top. And, and that's what I like about the point system. Um, other changes they have, uh, there's a $200,000 street sense to be run at a mile and a 16th on October 29th at Churchill Downs. It has been added to the early prep season. Uh, the Sunland Derby at Sunland Park has been decreased in value from 50, 20, uh, 15, 10, and 5, and 23 to 20, 10, 6, 4, 2, and 24. So, you know, they decreased the points there. So that's going to add a lot of uh, things to, uh, you know, the chase for the Derby. Uh, when you when you're looking at Sunland Park, uh, you know that, that's going to, that's going to be really interesting to see, you know how how that works out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money to be had in the in the thoroughbred industry, but it takes a lot of planning to get to it. Uh, you know, you're looking at places like. Uh, Kentucky Downs, it's all turf racing. You know, you're looking at $30 million over a week there being offered up. A lot of million-dollar million races. Uh, you know, you're looking at uh, Saratoga. Uh, they did $800 million this year in uh, through the windows, which was, which is great for, you know, for a 30-day meet. And it's reflected into the purses that they're throwing out at, you know, at the tracks, uh, there, there's a lot of million-dollar races being run at the different tracks across the country. And it's not just one day out of the week. It's, you know, they might have four, five, six, you know, uh, days out of the week, out of, out of the month, that they uh, run a million-dollar race. So that gives a lot of things to, uh, uh, you know, to get there. Uh, one of the things that uh, everybody's looking at is uh, how to get into the Kentucky Derby starting game. And the road to the Kentucky Derby, presented by Woodford Reserve, is a series of races that awards points to the top five finishers in each race. Uh, the top 18 point earners will earn a spot in the starting gate for the 150th Kentucky Derby, uh, running of the Kentucky Derby. Um, it's on May 1st, first Saturday in May. Uh, one invention that will extend the top point earners uh, in the Europe uh, road to the Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve over in Europe is one invitation will be extended to the top points earners in, in Japan and the top points earners uh, in Europe. So that, that's going to be two horses that will be coming from outside the country, you know, to run in the Kentucky Derby. Hey, they might not come over for it because the money's good in Europe. You know, they just might say, you know, thank you very much, but no, we're staying, you know, we're staying where we're at. And so we started looking at all these races uh, that, that are coming down. Like I said, the Iroquois is on the 16th. It's a $300,000. We've got the Champagne Stakes, which is at a mile. That's a, a $500,000. Um, Breeders Futurity from Keeneland, that's $600,000. Uh, the American Pharaoh's 300000 uh, you know, you just start going down through their Breeders' Cup Juveniles, $2 million. Uh, the Jockey Club at Churchill is 400000 
uh, you know, it's just endless on the amount of money, you know, that's being thrown out here for these races. Uh, a prep race for the, uh, for the Arkansas Derby, the Southwest, that's $800,000, one a mile and a 16th. You know, that's a lot of money for a prep race, you know, to go to the Derby. So now, you know, these owners are, are, are going there. And the reason they put that Southwest, at, you know, at, at 800000 they want those horses to get there. They want the best horses that have been running in these prep races to come, you know, to Hot Springs and run for 800000 And I'll tell you what, it's really worth the money to go there, you know, because it's a good track, good good situation. It's really good to go to. And so, you know, you just start looking at it, uh, even out at Sunland Park. You're looking at a mile and an eighth on February 18th, $600,000. It's a lot of money to throw in a bank for your, you know, for your horses. Um, so then, you know, you, you get, like say you get into Florida, for example. You, you get into Florida and they've got a series of races that lead you up to, you know, the uh, Florida Derby. You're looking at the Fountain of Youth, March the 2nd, 400000 You're looking at uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, on March 9th, that's $400,000. You're looking at, and then you go up to, uh, Turfway in Kentucky, you're looking at $700,000 for the Jeff Ruby states. And, and then you start really getting into the big money. Uh, now you're looking at the Louisiana Derby, um, March 23rd, million dollars. UAE Derby, maiden race course, uh, March the 30th, million dollars. Gulfstream Park, Florida Derby, a million dollars. Arkansas Derby. Now, this is why a lot of people like to go to Arkansas and to show you how uh, the management is, is trying to keep, um, uh, you know, fans and horsemen in hot springs and get them there early. They offer a tremendous amount of, uh, of uh, prep races for the Arkansas Derby, a lot of good stakes races, a lot of good allowance races. You can walk out of hot springs with a lot of money in your pocket. And that's why a lot of guys are getting their stall applications in uh, to Oakland so that they can stay there for the winter, you know, and, and train their horses. But, um, you know, like I said, um, you're, you're looking at, uh, Arkansas Derby, a million five hundred thousand dollars. A million five hundred thousand dollars. Boy, oh boy, is that a, that's a lot of change in your pocket if you can win that thing. And it sets you right up for the Kentucky Derby. And, and, you know, it's just far enough. Out of the Kentucky Derby, you can rest your horse, horse at, you know, you're looking at five weeks to the Kentucky Derby, you know, and that's a million five hundred thousand. Um, then you look at the aqueduct at seven hundred fifty thousand at the Wood Memorial. The bluegrass states in, uh, Keeneland, a million dollars. Santa Derby, Santa Anita Derby, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. And then the last prep race is at Keeneland. It's, um, the Lexington states and that's four, uh, four hundred thousand dollars. So you're looking at an awful lot of money leading into the Kentucky Derby, you know, and, and it takes a lot of forethought to uh, figure out how do, how do, you know, we get there to the Derby? Uh, what races do we run? Where do we go? Uh, you know, you got a lot of things to think about when you do that. And what I like about these prep races is you can run anywhere from a mile, a mile and a sixteenth, you know, a mile and an eighth seven furlongs a mile and, and the races you come through to get to the Kentucky Derby, you know, stamps a mark on that, on your horse as far as the possibility of uh, breeding down the road. Uh, did he have learned breed? How did he do in seven furlong races and how did he do in a mile of 16? How did he do in the Derby? You know, it kind of rounds out their resume uh, for what they're, they're going to do leading to the Derby. And let me tell you, there's a lot of horses they win a lot of a lot of these prep races, and they get to the Derby and they run terrible, and you never see them again. You know, so their 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 career was literally built in a year. You know, if you're going to use them for for stallion duties, um, you know that type of thing, and and that's what that's what makes uh, this business so interesting, is how you get them there. Um, you know, like I've been fighting here. The last year with a lot of medical issues, uh, a lot of business issues that we've had uh, here at the farm and, uh, you know, just a lot of things. And so finally this week, uh, I got my mind focused on what I want to do and how I want to do it. And I spent the last uh, 
four or five nights uh, back onto my racetrack schedule. Um, I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I start going through a routine like I did when I was uh, on the racetrack. And so it's really working for me now because I'm focused and we know where we're going with this thing. I know who I have to talk to. I know what trainers to, you know, to keep an eye out for, you know, for, uh, you know, like this weekend, uh, you, you kind of find out who's going to be who, you know, and what trainers are going where and where their horses are at. And uh, there's a lot of races that I'm looking at right now for two-year-olds that are made in special weights and allowance races. And their breeding uh, tells me that they could become, you know, a, a grade one stakes winner down the road, but it's going to take them a while to get there. Because, uh, you know, I looked at the, at the offsprings and looked at the bloodline and, and the trainers that have them. And some, some trainers get them right and ready, you know, uh, real quick. And then, uh, again, you know, you see the Iroquois uh, come up and, and the horse comes out of there and it wins it. And then you don't see nowhere uh, going down the road, you know, to the Kentucky Derby. And that's what happened last year. Uh, they had a lot of good horses in the Iroquois, and they, and they become good th- three-year-olds as older horses. But when it came to the Triple Crown, it was a whole different ballgame. You know, uh, they had to train different. They had to have train harder. And, you know, and they just couldn't take the pressure, and, and they didn't end up, you know, in the Derby very well. But yet they come out of the Derby, and as an older three-year-old, and, and you know, time summer and fall got here, they're doing pretty good. You know, and that, that makes a big, big difference. You know, once they grow and they mature and they get, you know, race hardened, as they call it, uh, that makes a big difference for them. And, and it's fun trying to get there to the races and enjoy, enjoy the journey. But uh, the journey doesn't stop at the Kentucky Derby. It keeps on going because then you have uh, the Haskell, uh, you know, in the summertime that comes up. Uh, you know, which is which is really unbelievable. Uh, it's a good race. You got a lot of good races over the summer and Colonial Downs and and uh, Alice Park now has got some good races there. Uh, Saratoga rolls around. They got some real good races there. Uh, you know, it's just it's just amazing uh, that what you're trying to do, you know, with your horses. And there's so much that you got to think about. You know, how are you getting them there? Uh, you know, like the Travers, is, is, they call it the Midsummer Derby. Uh, you know, uh, as, soon as, as soon as the Derby's over and your horse comes out of there, you know, you, you got to think, well, do we go on to the Preakness and then to the Belmont? You know, or do we go for the Haskell and the Travers? Uh, you know, there's a lot of good races out there, you know, that you can point your horse to because as soon as the Derby's over, you start thinking about the Breeders' Cup, pointing your horse towards the Breeders' Cup. You know, and, and the Travers and the Haskell. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of good races out there, and, and everything shifts to a different, you know, different gear, you know, different program, and also that's uh, that, that's what's exciting about the Derby, and, and you know, it's the tradition that you go through, and, and what I've learned over the years is to make it uh, make the traditions uh, at my house. The same every year, year in and out, and it's really, it's really good. I really enjoy it. You know what I do. Uh, one of the traditions that I have is uh, I got several friends out here that are horse trainers, and every year, as soon as the Kentucky Derby glasses come out, um, I, I get a hold of uh, three or four of them, and I make sure that they have uh, you know a Kentucky Derby glass because they don't go to the Derby. They like to go to the Derby. You know, but with their race, with their their horse uh, enterprises, they don't have the time to get up there to it. But at least it's a tradition that we get together and you know have a mint julep, and and they get to keep the glass, and it makes me happy, makes them happy, you know, and, and it's a tradition. Uh, and so that's what I really like about uh, the horse business, whether it's show horses or standard breads or quarter horses. There's all kinds of you know traditions that are available you know, that are out there. And and that's what, um, you know, life is all about and it's traditions, you know. Uh, like, for example, my show here. I'm not that great at it. I'm not even good at it. But it's a tradition that I do and it's something that I can fo- afford to do. Hey, it's cheaper than playing, playing golf. Doing these shows, it's cheaper than playing golf. 
And so that, that's what you do. You get, you find your niche. And, you know, whether you're good, bad, or whatever at it, you're still there. You're a part of it. Um, you know, I know guys that have been stable at Churchill for the last 40 years. And not one of them has ever come close to running in, in the Kentucky Derby. But there's one tradition that they do have, and, I, and you can't take it away from them. Every year on the first Saturday of May, you're standing in their barn and you're watching the Kentucky Derby uh, race day. You know, they'd love to have a horse in that race, you know, but they just, you know, they just don't have the, the, the guns to get into it. But they're there. They're at their barn there at Churchill Downs, you know, and, and maybe someday they will get a horse in the Derby. You know, maybe they won't, but they're full of Derby memories and, and Derby traditions and, and, you know, they're there and they're participating. And, and that's what I like, uh, you know, and then, I know a guy that, that never had been in the Kentucky Derby, and he did get a horse uh, to the Derby, and it, it, and I tell you, he didn't finish very well. But let me tell you something: that you thought that guy had had won the Derby. His family, his friends, they were so excited, just the thrill of participating, being there, you know, on Derby Day, part of the actual Derby race. And man, I'm telling you what. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. If he'd have won the Derby, he'd have had a heart attack or a stroke right there on the track. He would have broke down real quick. But he was so excited to be there, and you know, he held his head high. He did the best that he could do, you know. But he was there, and and, and that's what I like about uh, you know the horse business. It's all about tradition and and things like that. And you know, some family do things uh, different. Like my sister, for example. She makes the best cream cheese brownies that you ever did have. And her, her derby food is just unreal. But it's the brownies that she, her derby brownies that she's there for. And so she became, you know, that's her tradition. And, and a lot of other people, you know, have uh, uh, traditions. I, I got one friend that uh, cooks the Kentucky Burgoo, which is, uh, uh, you know, like the official soup uh, of the Kentucky Derby. Makes the best in the world. He makes thousands and thousands and thousands of bowls of, of uh, Kentucky Burger every year. You know, every race day, every time you go to the track, he's got something going, you know, with it. And, and it's really good. And I'm not kidding you, he does. When, when he makes Kentucky Burger, it's a five-gallon, it's a five-gallon pot that he, that he, uh, you know, pulls up there and, and he's got 12 ounce bowls and, and, and I mean, it's good. You know, and that, that's his thing. Uh, you know, it's just really good. Uh, in Derby Week, uh, the, up there, the, the Derby Festival, it's 10 days of fireworks and boat races and parades and uh, uh, shows and music. And, you know, that's their tradition. You go to Pimlico, it's the same thing that uh, at Pimlico, they got a week long thing of, of fine art. They got some of the best artists in the world uh, there that display their equine uh, paintings uh, that are there. And then what can I say? You go to New York. New York, it, it's not a week-long deal in New York, but it, those four or five days before the Belmont, <laughs> they, they're fantastic. Uh, you know, you can hit all the restaurants and all the things around Belmont that they're doing. And, you know, that's good. And that's another thing. Well, Belmont, uh, they're redoing Belmont. They're rebuilding it. Uh, they're doing the track. They're doing a lot of things there. And uh, they'll have the... Uh, uh, the Belmont will be held at um, uh, Saratoga for 24 and 25. And, you know, it, of course, that breaks the tradition, but they're putting in new tracks and they're making everything safer and better for the horsemen there at Belmont. And that, that's why it's taken so long. It's going to take them two year, years to rebuild everything. You know, but so that, you know, there'll be a little tradition there. It's only going to last two years, but, you know, you, you go to Saratoga, you know, for it. And just think of the, the income it's going to generate for, uh, you know, the city of Saratoga and, and for the horsemen there. Uh, you know, you're looking at uh, uh, probably the second or third week there, you know, uh, uh, the Belmont being at Saratoga, but that's in June. And, and Saratoga doesn't open until August, end of July, August. So, you know, that's going to create a lot of activity in and around Saratoga, you know, for, um, you know, a couple months, uh, a month early, you know, for them. 
And it's not going to be tradition, but, you know, it's still going to be, you know, something different, you know, that you, that you can do with it. And then, oh man, when Saratoga, when Belmont gets done, oh my God, it's going to be a horse facility, the end all horse facilities. You know, it's, it's really going to be, be good to do that. And so, you know, like I said, uh, uh, it's all about organization planning. Uh, you know, that type of thing, get a, get a 2024 calendar, start writing down some of these horse dates in them. Um, you know, if you, if you like horses and want to become a part of it, you know, just check us out here where we have, um, uh, you know, the, the prep races that are coming up and see what they're going to be like. And, uh, you know, you can watch them on TV, you know, start getting ready for the, for the Derby, playing the Derby up. There's a lot of good things here in Churchill. They got the museum. Uh, they got the week-long uh, celebration of parades and air balloon, hot air balloons, and you know they got everything there uh, that you that you can imagine. They're going to have they're going to have triple crown traditions. Stay tuned for more information on there. You'll see who the jockey, the owner, and the trainer will be. And once you find that out, it's going to be interesting, you know. And you can just imagine some of the recipes these guys are going to have. Like for example, you know, you're talking about an owner. He might, it might be an owner that's had a farm for 60 years that had been breeding and racing horses, you know, at Churchill and all across the country and the world. Might get one of them old, old timers in there and have a bang up recipe, you know, uh, that, that type of thing. Uh, you might have, uh, a trainer in there that, uh, you know, has an, uh, on the road recipe that they do when, when they get to each track, you know, um, might have that. And then, you know, with, with the jockeys, uh, you know, you might have uh, a jockey in there that, uh, let's say, comes from from uh, Puerto Rico or comes from, uh, you know, Venezuela, you know, or, or a foreign country that will jump in there and throw their, their derby, you know, uh, their derby recipe in there. So, you know, there's going to be all kinds of recipes, all kinds of things that uh, they do tr- for tradition, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, you know, and, and you're going to, and, and, and when you get into, um, you know, triple crown traditions, what I like about it, it's not so much the food that they're cooking, it's the story behind the food. How did they get that? When did they start cooking? You know, what, you know, there's so much back, backside to that, you know, to that story. That's what makes half the taste of the food is the story behind it. You know, so we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, one of the other things we're going to do in talking about tradition is how, how they get there is how do they travel there? Um, you know, how, how does a spectator go from, from, uh, New York to, you know, Kentucky? Uh, do they get a group of people and go? Do they run a, you know, a school bus and go? Do, you know, what do they do? How do they get there? You know, how do the spectators get there? Um, you know, there's one guy that walked from Michigan. He hitchhiked all the way from Michigan down to see the Kentucky Derby, you know? So, you know, there's all kinds of stories, you know, and we're going to show on, on how they get there. You're going to see how the horses ride in the vans, how they fly on the planes. You're going to see how they get there, what it takes to get them there. When does they start planning how they get there? You know, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, you're going to see uh, how the shoes they get put on their feet. Uh, you're going to see what they feed them. You're going to see all these things about the horses. You're going, you're going onto the backside. And I tell you what, when you get out of there, you're, it's going to be like you worked a full day on a racetrack with these horses because we're going to show you any and everything that involves that horses getting to the Kentucky Derby. So next week, tune in and you're going to find out, um, uh, quite a few, uh, interesting things. We're going to find out if, uh, Sunshine Meadows uh, retain the lease on Palm Beach Downs. Uh, we'll know more about that next Friday. Uh, if Todd Fletcher will be at Palm Beach Downs or if he will be somewhere else. And that plays a big part in his training, uh, career because he's been averaging $30 million a year out of Palm Beach Downs. And, uh, you know, with the lease expiring on Palm Beach Downs, uh, we're going to see, you know, what he does and where he goes. And that's going to be a big significant part of what he's doing because he's averaging $30 million a year out of Palm Beach Downs. And then all of a sudden he's got to reorganize and restructure and replan how he gets there to the Derby. 
So I look forward to next Friday at 2 o'clock. This is Scott Miller from Delray Beach, Florida, Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. Come out and see us.